The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. All right, here we go. Back with you. Hour two of the show on this Wednesday. I'm Matt. JB is here. Homecoming Queen is here. Most importantly, you are here. Thanks for tuning in. However, wherever, sit back, buckle up, and pour a cup of coffee. I think that's what I'll do right now. Here we go. Five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yes. All right. We've officially started. Hour number two. Y'all call, y'all text, and then HQ has a question coming up. JB, do we still have a couple of callers hanging on from hour one? We do, pal. They hung on through the break. These guys are these wow. guys are hangers. Wow. They're hanging on. That's nice. Outstanding. First up, Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment is in Madison and in Jackson. Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. Do you need a mower? Oh, no, no, you don't need Okay, what about a skid steer? What about big construction equipment? Tractors. Big, pretty orange ones. Kubota. Big, pretty blue ones. New Holland. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying, Tim the Tool Man kind of stuff. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Good, good job, Matt. <laughs> I used to have a Tim the Tool Man thing on here. I don't know what I did with Love it. Love that show. Anyway, if you need that stuff, go to Divinity. All right, first up is Thibodeau. Thibodeau, what's up, man? You want to talk about hangers? I'm on minute number eighteen here. Oh, baby. Well, my look, goodness. We appreciate it. If I had something. Well, to- look, hey. It, it turns out that the, the past couple of calls I've done, this one included, I've just got bad timing because either I call right before there's a need for a break yeah. or I call when you are completely dug into something <laughs> and you don't want to break away from it. So, <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't mind because I agree with you on this Randy Moss garbage. Um, mm. But the reason for the call is, and Mrs. White, I wanted to ask you this question. Um, from what I understand, you get into the Hallmark Christmas movies, right? <laughs> I am I'm in. I am in right now. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Well, so December is a very exciting time for my wife because it's the one month out of the year that I'm not tinkering around with stuff in the garage or out in the yard and I'll sit down and watch a movie with her. <laughs> and the, the the first the first time we were ever dealing with watching T V together, I came in and noticed that she was watching a Hallmark movie that like my mother would have been really into and I was like I didn't know this about her so I sat <laughs> that down was, that and was a good sign into, that was a good sign <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, you know, I was like oh I'm gonna get to see this like 
incredibly wholesome side of her. Not that I didn't see it before, but it's different. <laughs> so I sat down, and I, I got roped in. I got involved. I started getting involved in the story. And the next thing I know, we're watching four or five of these things a week <laughs> after Thanksgiving. They're addictive. Christmas. Yeah. Because I have, yeah. And, well, I mean, it's like, that, and I'm kind of anti-Hollywood anyway. I don't like their message. I don't uh, like what they're trying to put out. I and agree. this seems like the... This seems like the un-Hollywood. I agree. Mm. So that's what we do. So I've got an idea. And Matt, if you're okay with it, and Mrs. White, if you are too, I'm going to watch these movies. And then when I hear you on in segments, I'll call. We'll digest a couple of them. That'd be great. <laughs> Listen, Thibodeau, Love I am it. not joking. Everybody tells Annabeth, one, she has a great voice. Two, hey, Homecoming Queen, you need your own show. Well, I've been telling her for a long time that she should do a podcast that is her and maybe one other talking about things they see on a Hallmark channel. Well, but it the would Hallmark be channel huge. has their own podcast. It doesn't matter. They don't want to hear them talk about it. They want to hear you talk about it. They're fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Hallmark Queen, they want to hear some, somebody like them. <laughs> that's right. Well, I'm glad to know. I, you know well, your wife and I would be good friends. We could talk yeah, Hallmark. Yeah, um, That's why Matt's radio show is so popular is, it's like, oh, this is like a, a, I could go bass fishing or deer hunt with this dude. And, you know, he's on the radio <laughs> broadcasting all over the state. And, you know, he's just like any of us. And it's the same thing when you come on. It's like, this sounds like conversation I have with my old spouse. Aww, there you go. That's such a compliment. It really is. Appreciate it, Thibodeau. That's hey, so sweet. And, and I do appreciate you hanging on that long. Call us anytime. Really do appreciate that. Was that was really sweet. Yeah. Hey, real quick before I jump over to Ryan. Um, and then we'll get to your question. I just I want to backtrack real quick because we were talking trying to remember the the Burt case versus Burt Kirk case. Fordyce yeah altercation was, in his driveway and it was, was all on camera. It's hardcore. Uh, Beaver's former neighbor Stephen texted us and said Fordyce told Burt to come back in six months when his term in office would be up and he'd whip his. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, and then it, Rhett. That was so much fun to watch. And then Rhett texted us and said, Fordyce threw his junk mail at Bert. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. Threw his junk mail at him and said, come back in six months when I'm done with my term and I'll kick your fanny. You can roll on that. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. That's great. It's great. <clears throat> it's fantastic. Okay, Ryan, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. What's up, Ryan? Maybe he left. Ryan? Call hey. us back anytime, Ryan. He's mad at you. He's mad. Oh, he's he's oh, wait, there. Wait, wait. Uh, that was my now. fault. I was answering another call. No, we call. put him to sleep. We put him to sleep. <laughs> he was Wake on mute. Wake up, Ryan. He was on Wake mute. Wake up. What's uh, up? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know how you're just talking about the Burt Case thing? I was about to say Burt Case is pretty good. You know, is that, I, I, like when I was little, that's like one of the first voices you know i could do yes. right was bark bark case 16 w a p t wow wow that's, that's good that's, that's really scary good, good. <laughs> but, uh uh some other like guys you're talking about that do like uh that do like also have a radio voice and uh, uh re their regular voice is the same there's a casey Kasem and john madden mm -hmm. yeah casey Kasem. Casey Kasem, you know, Casey Kasem, you know, he talked like this, and he did Casey Kasem, Coast to Coast. Yeah. And you'll also remember Casey Kasem played the original Shaggy. 
<laughs> like he sounded like this on Shaggy. Oh. Like when he did Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby. Scooby-Doo. Scooby Doo. Where are you? <laughs> Scoobs. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Love that. That's great. Ryan, that's good stuff. We appreciate the impressions today, man. All right. All right. Call us anytime. That was really good. Scooby-Doo. Shaggy. I love Shaggy. Scoobs. I mean, that's all I know. I love that I show. Shaggy Scooby said. Snacks. Yeah, Casey Kasem. We do the countdown. I used to listen to that on the Casey weekends. Casey Kasem, yeah. You know, and he, you know, the um, the stories. He'd have those anecdotes yeah, in right. between and mm -hmm. leading up to songs. And a lot of times that made the songs themselves much more interesting. Uh, he, he was great with that. Okay, so... Now okay, I have, so. so now it's um, HQ asks QB. Okay, here. HQ asks QB. Because you, you because have I, your handy-dandy iPhone well, no, from C Spire yeah, in your hand. Yes, something popped up about the Florida quarterback, Kyle. Oh, yeah, Kyle Trask. Trask. And how he's at the top of the college football's best quarterbacks for yeah. week 11 for this mm -hmm. 2020 season. So I want to know your take on that. And I want to hear about other great quarterbacks right now or any – and and why is it that Dan Mullen is always around the best quarterback? Why is it? I mean, it's just <laughs> just happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Listen, here's the fact, okay? This is I have to be careful how to say this because it would sound like a knock on Kyle Trask, the player, like on, on the kid. It's not at all. It's not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not what I'm saying. It's true though, Kyle Trask playing for most other football coaches mm -hmm. is nowhere near where he is right now. Mm. Okay, in terms of what he's doing, the numbers he's putting up. Now, it's a pretty good situation around him. But again, I think it goes back to Mullen. He has an uncanny ability yeah. to, from, from diagnosis to uh, planning, to implementation, he has an uncanny ability to build it around anybody. And, and I'm not saying that Kyle Trask is just anybody. He's really good. He's got all this talent, big body guy, strong arm, tough, got the right mentality. But a lot of that developed under Dan Mullen and not before. Right? I don't remember all the details of Kyle Trask's recruitment. I've just... I know I'm touching on it somewhere around here. Like it's something about he wasn't recruited very highly or he didn't start in high school. I think that's what it was. I think he didn't actually start on his team wow. in high school or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mullen goes in there. Now, I want to point something out. Anybody listening can correct me where I'm wrong about this. Mullen is largely coaching players he didn't recruit. Now, I know this is his third season. He goes there in 18 and 19, now 20. So he's in his third season. But all these guys, Trask, before him, Felipe Franks, uh, Kadarius Toney, offensive weapon, this big tight end who's great, a lot of these defensive players, he didn't recruit them. They were there when he walked in there. Long term, what's going to tell the tale over there is going to be the recruiting, but I think it's Florida. I think they can recruit. I think Florida can recruit with or without Dan Mullen. Florida can recruit itself with Dan Mullen shutting his office, as far as I'm concerned. I think that's different than his situation when he was at that's State. That's about all the recruiting he does anyway. That's the rumor, anyhow. <laughs> Which, you know, that's I think that there's not all truth. But, but regardless, the, what I'm saying is he has – 
He is the best I've ever seen in my lifetime in college football. At I said, you know, from diagnosis to planning to implementation. Diagnosing what the guy can do and just trimming all the fat. Just If this doesn't fit him, we ain't doing this. This does not fit him. We're not running that. <laughs> We're not going to be that kind of offense because it doesn't fit this guy. We're going to play around him. Okay, so diagnosis. Then planning. All right? When we get into the first game, this is what they run. This is what we're good at. And actually being on the same page with the quarterback. I always said this about Dan when he was at State. By the time they stepped out there to play the game, that quarterback was so confident that he could do exactly what they wanted him to do. These guys that played for him at State would walk out into the ball games. The ball games were much easier than practice. They knew what they were going to call. They knew they could execute it with one arm tied behind their back, and so they always played well. And not every coach does that. A lot of quarterbacks go into games, and they're not real sure if I can do everything coach is going to ask me to do, but I'm going to try. You know, so diagnosis, planning, and then say implementation during the games. Dan also has an uncanny ability to get inside the head of the quarterback and coach the mentality of it. If, if you step out there and you play for him at that position, you have the right mentality. Otherwise, you don't last. Um, so he, he's, he's the best quarterback developer in the country. Wow. And he's done it with, you know, what's amazing to me about it is the system almost doesn't matter. We can go, well, spread offense. They hired him at state to come in and run the spread offense. Well, he sort of did, and at times he didn't. In 2010, his second year at Mississippi State, when that offense was led by Chris Relf, not a great thrower, but he was 6'5", 235 pounds, could run, run over anything. By the end of the year, they were a nine-win football team and just blew out Michigan in the Gator Bowl in Dan's second year. That offense used a fullback, a fullback, which is a big blocking back we never give it to. Nobody uses a fullback. This year in 2020, 10 years later, South Carolina, under um, former Georgia quarterback Mike Bobo, who's now the interim head coach, they started using a fullback. Some at South Carolina, everybody goes, they're using a fullback. Can you believe this? This is old-school football. Well, Dan Mullen did it 10 years ago. And all these mushy-headed media idiots, his first year, his third year, were saying Dan Mullen's on a hot seat. There were people literally writing in 2011, 2012, again in 2013, that Dan Mullen ought to be on the hot seat at Mississippi State. Some of the dumbest dribble that's ever been tweeted in sports media world. They didn't know what was going on. And they still don't know. <laughs> and what he was doing is he took Chris Ralph. <laughs> and put together a nine-win football team around him and used a fullback in a blocking. They went for it on fourth down all the time, just running the ball. It was amazing. And then that was 2010. Two years later, Tyler Russell, a big, oh, yeah. tall, strong-arm thrower from Meridian High School, they were throwing it all over the field. They were a throwing offense. The system doesn't matter. He's the best in the country at building around the guy they have. So I'm not taking anything away from Trask. I'm just saying I'm the least surprised person out here that he has a quarterback who didn't play much in high school, 
who wasn't really recruited very highly, and he's lighting everybody up. Don't forget that Nick Fitzgerald is the all-time leading rusher at quarterback in SEC history. Wow. Yeah. Nick Fitzgerald threw like a grand total of about 15 passes in his high school career. He was a receiver up until his junior year in high school. Nobody recruited him. He came to camp at Mississippi State, a receiver quarterback camp was a receiver. So Mullen saw something in it. And said, "Let's." he's 6'4", and he runs a 4'5". This was pre-injury. He runs a 4'5". Let's watch him throw it. And then he starts, pew, pew, pew. You know, he's got a strong arm. And Mullen, the kind of overconfident Mullen. The diagnosis. Thinks to himself, I can coach this guy. I can absolutely coach this guy. Signs him, and he's in the record book. Passes Tim Tebow before he's done. Beats anything I've ever seen. And Mullen doesn't get the credit for it from a lot of people. Here's why. There's a lot of people don't like Dan. He's very easy not to like. <laughs> from a personality standpoint. Yeah. Um, oh, come on, man. Some He's people abrasive. Yes. <laughs> abrasive is the, the word. His personality is one that some people call it quirky. He's got his quirks or he's got a quirky personality. Whereas other people just look at it and say, man, he's a he's a real jerk. He's a jerk. I don't want him over here. <laughs> Didn't he coin all the school up north? He coined all that. Yeah, so I speak for I, I don't like him. But he's you have to respect to like. what he does. That's it. Okay. And media people. I what I have said that is two out of the last three, Mississippi State has had two coaches who are the two coaches who care, of all the coaches in the country, who care the least what anybody thinks about them. <laughs> and that's well, Dan Mullen and Mike Leeds. Maybe that's part of the criteria. Maybe, but Dan's that way. And so he didn't, it, Dan, look, when when he went to Florida, I think the, the words I used were, if you're sitting around waiting for a warm, fuzzy moment with Dan Mullen, you're just going to keep waiting. <laughs> and so therefore, he doesn't have a lot of darlings out here in the media world who are looking for a reason to write big, flowy, wonderful stories about how great Dan Mullen does with quarterbacks. And so if he had if if he was doing and had done in his career, but had the personality of Mark Richt, oh yeah. He'd be they couldn't interview him enough. Yeah. They couldn't write about him enough. So uh he I think there's sort of this public element of not you know, getting all the credit that he uh, maybe deserves, but he's, and and it hurts. There's a lot of, I mean, he's not perfect. You know, there's a lot of state people that, you know, it may hurt to hear all that. At the same time, there are a lot of state people who are like that's fine, but, and would name off two three things. Yeah. Long term at Florida, he he is going to have to figure out a way to sign the kind of players he's coaching right now. Will he stay at Florida? You know, some people have said he may I go to the so. NFL. No. I don't see him leaving either, JB. I don't see an NFL player putting up with his shenanigans. I mean, my gosh, you dress up like Darth Vader after you incited a riot on the planet Oom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the emotion. Uh, and it's I mean, true. Why I dress up like Darth Vader? Yeah. I mean, that's if he's something the Yoda he, of quarterback whispers. Shouldn't he dress up like Yoda? <laughs> yeah. Um, You've done well. Been, You've done well, QB, right. answering the question. Don't you think, JB? 
Yeah, actually. Be, 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 be a positive. Bring bring us uh, someone we like, not someone we love to hate. <laughs> Derek on the text line said, what's up, Matt? Don't forget Brian Johnson, Florida offensive coordinator, does a great job. But I agree with everything you said about Mullen, though. And, and Brian Johnson does do a fine job, but this is my opinion. You get Brian Johnson away from Dan Mullen, he, he's 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 a good coach. That's about it. And there are a lot of good ones in college football. You get him in there with Dan Mullen, and now he's coaching a Heisman candidate at Florida. And I'm just not surprised. Mullen has he has it figured out how to coach not just the physical part of it, but the mentality, which is huge for a quarterback. Most people don't figure that out. What about the corral guy from Ole Miss? He'd do good around. He'd help him. I didn't talk about other quarterbacks, did I? Let me no, tell you something. You, we, may ha- you may run into a break. You can do it next. We talked about corral on Monday. He couldn't get him corralled. I, yeah. <laughs> they, look, he'd be doing what he's doing with Kiffin. And I've said this, and it is true, and it will bear itself out in time. The three best quarterbacks coaches in the country are right here in the SEC. Dan Mullen, Lane Kiffin, and Mike Leach. The numbers have and will continue to back it up. Maybe four by the end of the year. (laughs) Yeah. um, Matt Corral is – what I like about him is, first and foremost, he's tough. He's about the smallest guy out there when he's out there, and he does not know he's the smallest guy out there. And he's confident. He does not hesitate. I mean, a few times he'll hold the ball, get hit, but a few times is okay. For the most part, he is quick with the trigger. He throws it hard and confident. Um, and he's good. The kid is was that, good. Was that Abrams he wanted to throw down with in the Egg Bowl a couple of years ago? Yeah, no. I mean, like they and that dude's starting safety for the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> And Braxton Hoyette, the D lineman who's now with the Chiefs, picked him up and carried him out of the back of the end zone and saved his life. <laughs> you know? It's a true story. All right. Good job, QB. Good Thank answers. You. Thank you. Rolling JB, along. see you later, everybody. Hey, have a great evening. Bye bye. See ya.